Lord Jesus, you promise to us in your word directly from your mouth that you give to us peace, that you give to us joy, not merely an emotion, but something that goes way beyond that. It's something we know the very depth of our being. Lord, for those people that you bring to our mind that just need your peace and your joy right now, that you would go to them. Obviously, that you surround them with people who care and that they would not continue to spiral down without reaching out. We know sometimes it's so hard to know what's going on when people don't let us know. But you let us know. Help us to know and and to just give that nudge. But even beyond that, Lord, that you yourself, by your presence, would go and minister to them your joy and your peace. Even if there are those who are, are... are pushing you aside in the midst of this, have just spiraled down into darkness, that you would suddenly break forth in light. Even if it's just during, while they're sleeping through their dreams, Lord, you would break through. Lord, for those who are here today who need that, it shouldn't be that any of us would think that somehow we're immune to this and not having to deal in general, maybe in our life in general, but especially during this time, that our peace and our joy has leaked out. And we need to be filled anew. And we just lift up our hand to you. Lord, fill us with your joy and your peace not giving to us a human joy and peace or making ours better or more but your supernatural joy and peace would fill us afresh and anew we pray that that river of peace flowing from your throne would flow upon us and carry us along through all of this time We pray that that fountain of joy would spring up inside of us and get bigger and bigger. To the point that, Lord, it's not just for us, but what you bless us with splashes over and overflows to those in our life that you have around us. Set us free. To be people of peace and joy in the world around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's look at James. Let's look at James chapter 1 verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like the man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Father, we pray that as we look at your word, you would help us, Holy Spirit, to see not only you, but see ourselves in this and what needs to change. Let your word, that two-edged sword, pierce through this day. Not by words that I say, but by words you speak, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit. Move in us now as only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you have mirrors at home? I see your hands. Okay, how many have more than one mirror? Okay, how many of you brought a mirror with you today? You know, some of you, you're not going to admit, oh, I brought a small one here, by the way. Just a small mirror. Fortunately, I don't have a purse or anything. That would be really hard. Uh, you know, I, I they just brought a mirror. And some people are like, well, I, I'm not going to admit to bringing a mirror with me. I don't need a mirror. I don't have to look at myself. Besides, I checked in the rearview mirror before I walked in, Right? You get, get this whole mirror thing, type of thing. Uh, actually, my hope was that when I asked if anybody had brought a mirror with them, the hope is that we would all say, yes, I did. Because based on what I just read, and this is really part two, so we read it last week, we all, if you brought your word of God, whether the hard copy, so to speak, or the electronic version, we all brought a mirror with us. We constantly have a mirror with us when we have the Word of God. And this week as we look at part two about not just listening to the Word but living it, being a doer, James is showing a contrast of two different people who look at themselves in the mirror. And even though I do have this mirror up here, the reality is in those days it wouldn't have probably looked like this. It would have been made out of metal that's been flattened and shined up. I know sometimes you've seen these in rest stop. I mean, it's like, I can't see myself. It's, uh, you know, because they don't shine it and they don't clean it even, you think. So, but we got to think of back in those days where they really would have just really buffed that baby up and it would have been shiny. You would have been able to at least see fairly well uh, what is going on. And yet, and to recognize that whole all of this is trying to give us the example that this mirror is the word of God or the word of God is a mirror. And these two different people end up looking at the same mirror, the same word of God, and yet they come out differently. In fact, one walks away and doesn't do anything and the other becomes a doer of the word. As we saw last week, and the same thing is this week, the main message of what God is trying to get through to us is very simple. Just do it. Just do it. What does that mean? How do we just do it? We're going to look at two things today uh, that are two points that will bring us to that. 
And the very first one is that we need to look beyond merely being informed about the word. We need to look beyond merely being informed about the word. Uh, I, I encourage you to, if you haven't, to catch part one of the message uh, because there's going to be some things in this passage you're going to say, well, he didn't talk about that. We probably talked about it last week. So just so you know, but if you'd missed it, you're not like out, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm never going to figure you. Don't worry. If you missed it, you're going to be able to follow today with no problems. There's nothing that uh, precludes you from watching that. In fact, let's just go to verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. This is what it's about, that we are deceiving ourselves, feeling good, that we know the Bible, when all we have to show oftentimes is head knowledge, informed without being a doer of the word. And too often we just miss it. We miss it, which is the illustration that he's given here in verses 23 and 24 with the one who comes to the word. Look at verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like the man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Imagine taking some time to really look at yourself and then afterwards, uh, you know, you can look at yourself and say, yep, that's me. And you walk away. Like, that's not exactly the purpose is, you know, how many of us get up in the morning just to look in the mirror and make sure it's us? You know, oh, that is me I'm looking at, you know. But sometimes I think that's the way we come to the Word of God. We open up the Word of God and we look at it and, yep, that's God's Word. It's good. And we just walk away. There's nothing. The purpose to open up the Bible after reading it is not that. This same way that it isn't for the mirror. A mirror shows us what's not right. A mirror shows us what needs attention. You know, you look at it and say, um, oh, I've got a hair out of place. You know, and for me, it, I just pull it. You know, I, I only got one hair out of place. Some people have hair, lots of them. I just, you know, is that it's, you know, but you notice, you see what it is. The word shows us where it, we need attention. And I know there are some people that barely glance or look at the word of God. That There are some people that don't even listen into the word of God. And obviously, if our goal uh, in God's word is to get us to become like Christ by being a doer of the word, you cannot be a doer of a word that you do not listen to that you never look at. You can't be a doer of that word if we don't look at it. And yet so many people, it's just kind of, even those who would say they're Christians, there's a quick glance. They they do like one verse in a day, which is kind of like taking their vitamin, you know, their spiritual vitamin. I got one verse and I'm good. And But to spend time to hear the voice of God speak into our life and to go even beyond this, that there are those who are just religiously reading the word of God every day. But it, and it may seem good, but it has more to do with something that they think they need to do as a good Christian to check off the list. I know I'm not just going to do one verse. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do a whole chapter. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, and, and they check it off. In fact, they would say, I feel bad if I don't read God's word every day. And yet for some reason, many of those same people don't feel bad when they read God's word. There should be times where we feel bad when we read God's word. What I'm talking about is feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit 
that what we're looking at in the mirror of God's word is telling us, whoa. Now, technically, none of those who just give a quick glance actually applies to these two people who are here in James. We'd like to think that the quick glance people is what James is talking about, but it's not. Verse 23 is talking about the person who is not a doer, but just a listener of the word only, and says that person is like the man who looks at his face in the mirror, that word look in verse 23, and actually it's used in verse 24 for that same man. If you remember from last week, that look is not just some passing glance, kind of looking and, you know, it's good. That's not what this word means. The man who is looking at the word, but walking away and not being a doer, is a man who actually takes time to look. Look closely. That word look there in verse 23 and 24. Not verse 25. Just follow with me 23 and 24. The one, that word look means to give careful consideration and understand completely. The person who looks carefully at the word of God understands what they're looking at is informed about the word of God and everything they need to know in that moment, but then walks away from that. So many, whenever they read the word of God or listen to it, are paying attention. They're shaking their heads to what they're seeing, to what's being said, and they're, and they're saying, yes, that's right. That, that needs attention. Amen. Amen to that. And yet then we walk off and do nothing about it. This ought to make us just stop what it's saying here in verse 23 and 24. This person ought to make us just stop when we realize that this person who really does take time to look in the mirror. How many Christians think they're doing good because they are truly looking into God's word and yet falling short because they stop right there and make that the ends and not the means and just walk away and therefore not living out the word of God as doers. We think of a person who looks in a mirror and sees very clearly this this great this this mark, this uh, mud on their face, big disgrace, kicking their can just down the road, uh, down the road, not having to deal with what they just saw. Uh, I'll get to it someday. Or, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I probably should do something. But I, yeah, oh, I really know. I, you don't do anything. What's the point in even looking at the mirror? If you don't do anything about it, it is pointless, which is really the point about looking into God's Word and walking away and not doing anything that we've clearly seen. All the amount of looking and studying in God's word is pointless if we just walk away and don't do anything with the truth that's been revealed to us. That's a tough thing to handle because that's not what churchianity has told us. Not at all. It says right here, to be hearers. No. It says to be doers, not hearers only so why do we do this why does it happen that we look and we walk away in fact why has this been happening in many ways in the evangelical church for the last 30 to 50 years at least 
where we do not go beyond merely being informed about the word of God. One of the reasons this is happening, one of the reasons this has happened, you maybe I can illustrate this way. You may recall last week, I, uh, for those who heard, that there was an example I gave about kids, children who were left a note, who were told about the note, and then they were left a note by their father to clean up their rooms before he got back. Dad gets back, and the room is not cleaned. Dad goes to them, and they say, and, and he says, listen, apparently you didn't read my note. What did they say? Oh, yeah, we read it. Well, the note wasn't important. No, the note was very important to us. We, we know, we read the note. We, we, it was very important to us. In fact, uh, we did something with that note that you gave us. We sat down and studied that note that you left us, Dad. We studied that note and talked about it among our, ourselves of what it meant and what it meant to clean and a room and what it might look like. We studied the note, which is what so many of God's children are saying to him about the note that he's left us. Oh, it's important. We studied your note, Father God. But you didn't clean up anything. You didn't do it. All the study of the world doesn't mean anything. You know, maybe a century ago we had it right, but in recent times we've gotten off of the biblical focus that we should have and what we've seen in churches that, that we've made it about for these, like I say, the 30 or 50 years, many times we've made it about Christian education, not Christ-like discipleship. We focused on Sunday schools and Bible studies where we end up learning so much more than we are actually living out in the Word of God. We have been more, and that's because we've been more influenced by the world's philosophy in this same time that lifts up knowledge as the goal. Knowledge is king, right? The problems in our society can be corrected through education. We just need to, people just need to be informed. They just need to know, and then they will, they will be able, all our problems will be taken care of. That is the kind of thing that even as a social worker in children's services, uh, part of the reason I'm the Lord moving in ministry, just seeing that. But, you know, you, you're there and you're not just giving somebody a fish. You're teaching them how to fish. In other words, you're informing them with everything they need to know, not only to parent the child, but to work with the, all the rest of the stuff. They can be informed and have everything, all that they need to know. And yet nothing changes they stay in the system or they leave and come right back within a year in the system because it's not about information. It's not about knowledge, even though that's what the world's way of thinking is. And we bought into that in the church. We, we've let it morph into that, if anything. We make the goal of Christianity to learn as much as we can about God's word. And we think that sounds good, but that's all we go. That's all we do. Just learn all we can about God's word, and that's all you need. No. Even in the Great Commission, where Jesus leaves us the last words and what he tells us to go do, what's he say? Therefore, go and make disciples 
of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, just teaching them? No, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. This is about making disciples that do the word of God. That's the instructions he left with us. Making disciples that do the word of God, not merely teaching students that learn the word of God. Teaching has a specific goal to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. In fact, so many Christians judge their growth in Christ by the amount of new things that they've learned about the Bible that they never knew or understood before. And it's one thing to say, I learned something new today in the Bible. But what God is looking for from us is, I lived something new today in light of what I learned in the Bible. There's a difference. And say, I was greatly informed by what I saw in the mirror of God's word. Versus I became a doer of the word and not a hearer only. You know, we, we can mark up our Bibles with all the good stuff that we're getting. But what really matters is whether our Bible makes a mark on us. Considering it's a two-edged sword. Many are involved in good spiritual practices. But missing the point. Like the importance of memorizing the Word of God. Right? That, that's something that's good. That's something that's important. We can know those verses frontwards and backwards. We can really know them, but unless they travel down to our heart, and not just to our heart, but then out to our hands where we are doing them, it doesn't mean anything to have it stuck in our head. I mean, that's the, the point of Psalm 119, one of the places we look at to talk about memorizing. I have hidden your word in my heart. I put dot, 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 because it doesn't really end there, but that's what we... That's the way we take it. You know, we memorize. Yeah, we need to memorize. We get the word. We got to know it backwards, forwards, know it verse, word for word. But it doesn't stop there. I have hidden your word in my heart is the means to an end. And the end is the next part that I might not sin against you. We have the word the, the, hidden in our heart so that I might not sin against you, that I might live what I've learned, that I might be a doer of the word. Along the same track is this religious thinking that, you know, we grow deeper in the Lord when we really get deep into the word, deep into study. We need to learn the deeper things of God. Although whenever somebody talks about that, they never really define what deeper is. What does it mean deeper? I'm going deeper. What do you mean? And even when they do try to describe it, there's no biblical words or verses used to describe what they mean by deeper. Instead, it's just whatever churchianity defines it as. We're talking about the depth of knowledge, of information that someone has, especially not just information that's new, but some information that, that's not easy to, to come by. Something that requires some thought and work at it. But all too often the depth is just the depth is just purely intellectual information. That's all that's growing is our mind, our head knowledge of the facts, not our faith in action. 
Too many Christians talk about getting something deep out of the word of God, but they are living shallow Christian lives. Instead, the word of God that should be a mirror revealing something deep inside of us that needs to change, to be transformed in the very character that looks more like Jesus. We're not growing because we're learning more of the Word of God. A growing Christian is one who is living more of the Word of God. Please understand, this this is often about learning truth that we do need to know. I'm not saying that we don't need to know this. There's a truth that we do need to know. But it stops short of living the truth that we need to grow. We're just not doing it. And one of the consequences of this kind of churchianity thinking focused on information is that those who intellectually are strong, I mean, just by birth, so to speak, natural, they're intellectually, they're strong. There are those who get jazzed by learning. Some of you really like that. Well, what happens in churches is, therefore, because we've made knowledge king, somehow the people who are intellectually strong and really like learning are lifted up as those who are mature and better Christians. And therefore, that means those who are not as blessed academically or intellectually are put down and made to seem like they are lesser Christians when the reality is they may be more like Christ than those who know it all. In so many ways, many of us in in the church are overeducated beyond our maturity level. Someone has questioned, you know, if we stopped, if we just stopped Bible study, Sunday school sermons until we actually started doing consistently what we've already clearly looked in the mirror of God's word about, if we just stopped all of that until we started doing, would we ever pick up our Bibles again? Now, obviously, that's not the right biblical thing to do. And obviously, it's probably a reason why God repeats himself a lot of times to us. But I just got to wonder if on Judgment Day, and I'm not sure how that whole works, but on Judgment Day for Christians, and you do know there is that for Christians, when our life is kind of tested by fire, it talks about things being stacked together in the burn pile, In our burn pile, will there be a multitude of Bible studies and sermons that were just wood, not gold, because we never did them, stacked up, standing against us at the judgment seat of Christ? We need to look beyond merely being informed about the Word. We need to look beyond to mainly being transformed by the word for some of you what you're hearing today seems different than what churchianity has taught us ultimately building up religion not necessarily a vital growing relationship which is why we look at so many where they're at but think about it this way What is the best, I want you to think about this, what is the best Bible study or sermon that you have ever heard? The best Bible study or sermon that you ever heard? Now, as you're thinking about that, unfortunately for many people, that question gets answered in two different directions that 
at the very least are incomplete, if not the wrong direction. One of the ways that we say the best Bible study or sermon was the one so people say, well, the best Bible study or sermon that, that, I, that I ever heard was, it was the one that was just so powerful. And you say, well, what do you mean by powerful? I mean, it was just powerful. Okay, but what? The way the, the, way the preacher you know, said it or the presentation, it was just a powerful presentation. It's just something that just you couldn't forget. Although if you ask them to give details, they're a little sketchy on that. But, you know, you couldn't forget. I know it was just powerful. It was just amazing. What, what were the Bible verses that were, where were we? You know, and some people can tell you this. They say it was just, you know, it's powerful because it was perhaps an emotional, more of a, emotions of our heart were stirred, but nothing actually got changed in our life. Now, some of you have had powerful ones that have changed you. I'm not talking about that, but for many, they talk about this powerful lesson. Or, or let's look at it this way. Some would say the best lesson or sermon that I ever heard was the one that was just so enlightening. I mean, it was like, it was something I'd never heard before. I, I had never even thought about that. It just blew my mind. I mean, that, that sermon, that Bible was like, wow. Like, like just wow. You know, it just, it, it, but that's it. How is that, as we think through, the best we've ever heard when God probably is not going to call that the best lesson? Because we walk away after what we saw and said wow to and did nothing. Shouldn't a powerful, shouldn't something that is powerful have to do with how powerfully it changes our life? and less to do with how the person is presenting it, and more to do with the Word of God that is powerful, like a two-edged sword that actually pierces through and changes us in the moment. That's the powerful. One of the best lessons, one of the best sermons should have less to do with than some thrilling information and more to do with the vital transformation that takes place in our life. One of the best should be, in many ways, less about just wow to woe. Woe is me. Like Isaiah, woe is me. In chapter 6, verse 5, I am undone before God. And so we see that we need to look beyond mainly to mainly being transformed. In fact, let's look at verse 25 as it talks about the other man now. In verse 25, the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed. The man who does the word, who looks into the perfect law of freedom, the finished, complete law of Christ. And it says the one who continues in it, meaning the one who lives in it, who makes their home in the word of God, abides not just in, but abides by doing the word of God, which is what Jesus has told us to do. John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, we use that all the time. People talk about, Oh, you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You just got to know it. No. What's he say in the context of that sentence? If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. 
the ones who hold to my teaching are really my disciples, then, then, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not just about getting some information. It is about a transformation, the way you live your life that sets us free. Very scripture right here. James in, in verse 25 is talking about a doer of the word, not a hearer only. It's a person who looks at the mirror differently and becomes different than the ones who are talked about in verses 23 and 24. In fact, the word in verse 25, to look, or mine says the one who looks intently, that word in verse 25, to look, is different than the one I was just telling you about in verses 23 and 24. This word in verse 25 of James, chapter 1, look, talks about a word where you have to actually bend over. It, it, the word means to stoop. You, you know, it, it, you can't just kind of look, look, okay, I kind of got it. But it takes some effort. It's, it's about stooping down. It's about really gazing in. It's about looking intently. It, it, it's, it's carefully examining, taking not just time, because that's going to take more time than to just kind of look in the mirror like we usually do. But it's also talking about taking effort. There is effort. You may not realize how much effort it was for me to get down on that knee. But there is effort that is expended in looking into the Word of God, getting closer and better, a better look at it. And so this man in verse 25, the one who is a doer, is this kind of looking that leads him to think differently, to act differently, to be different as a doer of the word, beyond information to transformation. I mean, that's what Christianity is about. Christianity is about life change. The old becoming new, the dead becoming alive. Not just a change in our behavior, but a change in our character. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Or in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24, you were taught with regards to the former way of life to put off the old self which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires, but to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is what we're going towards. This is a, a goal. And, and part of the way to do that, he's given us in verse 26 and 27 as examples of how to live and be a doer of the word. We talked about 26 last year, last week. But this week, verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by this world. The way Christianity is lived out right here is keeping yourself, uh, walking in spirit, obeying with God, not the flesh, but uh, first of all, keeping ourselves pure, personal purity in our daily lifestyle and the, uh, walking straight on the path that God has for us. But also being a doer of the word has to do with practically helping others. It's talking about helping widows and orphans. Uh, it says distress, that word really is affliction and tribulation. Those who are going through affliction and tribulation. Making sure not just that outwardly our behavior looks good, but that inwardly 
beyond just looking at the sins of commission and mission, but an inward attitude is who we are is becoming and wanting to be like God, like Christ. First John chapter 2, verses 5 to 6. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. If we claim to live in him, we mean to live as Jesus did. Not just do the religious thing and learn the word, but to live it, to live. You know, this is not, and, I, and I've, I've tried to say it a couple times, and I'll say it again. This is a message is not an anti-study of the Word of God. It's not about anti-study of the Word of God. If it were so, it would be kind of like, it wouldn't really make sense because there was a great amount of study that went into bringing this message, you know, before I ever preached it. But the point is, therefore, not just for you, but for all of us, including myself, is that we practice what is preached. That's the point. Anything before that is pointless. If we just look in the mirror of God and walk away, of God's word and walk away. We've talked about this in the past, of how to really go about this and how to think through uh, of doing it. And that is a clear learning system, so to speak. The way we, we, we teach, the way even for us personally looking at the Word of God, how do we, how do we really try to think through this? And this is not, this is just a, an example of one of the ways it may help. It's something that is already within our D6 curriculum that many of our Kingdom Builder classes were using. Um, as part of their teaching, and really all of the teaching should be involved. And it involves clear using that as a kind of a C-L-E-A-R. You see, connect, learn, explore, apply, respond. And unfortunately, uh, by the way, uh, there is still, if you didn't know, a Kingdom Builders class going on. Uh, but that's right now. So uh, uh, we have here, as we think about what we've got, connect, learn, explore. For those who are, most often, for those who are hearers only and not doers, we stop at the explore. Actually, some just stop at the learn, but some go in the explore, meaning kind of like digging into the word. You know, this is the study of the word. Our, our, our church entity, our knowledge is king, stops at exploring and digging into the word of God. And what does it say? And that becomes a problem. Because we don't move on to being doers of the word. It's not just what does the passage mean. We need to move on to apply. What does the passage mean for me today in this? How does it apply to my life right now? What sins do I need to turn away from or avoid? What things uh, am I not doing? What do I need to start doing? What changes do I need to make in my attitudes or thoughts? What promises do I need to grab a hold of, not just in my heart, but in prayer before God? In what way can I be encouraged today to walk and become more like Christ? What example should I be following? What warnings should I consider? What commands to obey? What principles do I need to follow? How should I act differently? How should I think differently? What should I say differently? How can I be different in who I am. The Word of God should not just challenge us. The Word of God should change us. 
through the Holy Spirit. So what is that challenge to be changed in us, to step up and be a doer of the word of God today, even to ask God to help us, Psalm 139, 23 and 24, that spiritual examination that God would show. Because, But we can't just stop at apply. We need to go to respond. Not only in this today, but in anything, even in our own looking at the word of God, we need to get to the response. This is how am I going to do the word that I just heard? How am I going to live what I just learned? Which requires maybe a bending over, a looking intently in the Word, taking some time, not some time to explore and dig more into what it is meaning, but to dig more into allowing the Holy Spirit to show at the depth of, of in us what needs to change, what needs to, we need to learn, what we need to live that we're not. To go beyond information to transformation. That's when we get to the end of verse 25 then. And he says, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. He will be blessed in what he does. That's when blessing. You know what? Reading, even studying God's word is a blessing. But what he's saying right here in verse 25 is you are not blessed until you do it. The blessed comes when you do it. And it's not just here. Jesus himself said it. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus said it again. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. We are not only blessed though. When we obey, we become a blessing that God intended for us to be as witnesses to a real Christianity of of a real Jesus in a world that is in real need right now. And so often it does not help them to have a bunch of religious people with a bunch of religious knowledge, giving them information and not seeing the reality of the transformation of what Jesus can do in our lives. Ask the worship team to go ahead and come on up. Let's just think as they're coming, I just want you to realize what this comes down to and what this matters. Just do it. We need to look beyond merely being informed about the word. We need to look beyond to mainly being transformed by the word. To not merely listen and learn, but to live it. Our conduct, our character. In all of this, as we're talking about this, I'm not talking about conforming to some legalistic set of churchianity rules. But rather, in a love for Jesus, we make a decision of our will to become a doer of the word, just doing it, transform into the image of Christ, relying not on our human effort to do this. All the stuff that James has said about doing it, it's not just something we, got to, we can do on our own. It is something through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us as we surrender to Christ in us, We follow through the whole purpose of what all this should lead to as doers of the word, not hearers only. Father, I pray that you'd help us. We have looked into your word, the mirror. The mirror has been in front of us right now. We have walked through these verses in James and many more. 
Lord, I pray that you would help us right now to not just walk away again. We pray that your word that is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword would pierce through. Lord, I believe it already has. That there are changes that need to take place even just in our thinking about your word and what we're looking for. Help us out of a love for you to live like you walk in your steps. We thank you, Jesus.